Welcome to the Christian Life Austin podcast. Today we continue our five-part Wednesday evening series entitled Beyond the Doors. In this series, we will journey through the doors of our church and learn how to represent Christ in society. With part two of the series entitled The Door of Prayer, here is Pastor Brad Wilkinson. An 80-year-old couple were having some trouble remembering some things. I hear some couples, hey man. And they went to the doctor, you know, they, they wanted to get tested and, and just to figure out if things were okay. So they go to the doctor, doctor does everything that he's supposed to do, checks them out and he says, hey guys, you are, you know what, you're okay, really, there's, there's nothing wrong with you. He said, but let me make a recommendation. I, when you go home, just why don't you write a few things down so that in the future you won't forget so much. You'll, you'll be able to look back and say, oh, okay, you know, this is... This is great. This is what I was supposed to do. So later that night, they were watching TV, and the husband gets up, and he he begins to make his way out of the room, and his wife says, Honey, where are you going? I'm going to go to the kitchen. Hey, babe, while you're in there, I love how that happens. You know, somebody gets up. Hey, babe, you know, I was thirsty too. Could you? That's just my wife. I'm just kidding. Hey, I want some ice cream, babe. Can you get me some ice cream? Sure, I'll get you some ice cream. Honey, don't you think you ought to write that down? You can imagine his response. Babe, I got this. Don't worry about it. We're good. We've been married a minute. I, I, I know what I'm doing. It's ice cream. Starts to take another step. Honey, hey, I want some strawberries with my ice cream. Oh, yeah, great. No problem. Babe, you know what the doctor said today? We got to start writing some things down. I don't want you to forget. I really like strawberries. I got this. I'm a man. We're not stubborn or hard-headed. I got this. I won't forget. He takes another step ahead. Honey, you, just one more thing. Can you put some whipped cream on there as well? I really like whipped cream. Uh, yes, yes, ma'am. Whatever you want, I'm here for you. Babe, please write this down. My, this is a long order at this point. I don't want you to forget it. I got this. I, I, don't, need, I don't need to write this down. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to bring you back what you asked for, and we're going to be good. And so he, he storms off to the kitchen. You know how we do. How I do. And 20 minutes later, he comes back. And he hands her a plate of bacon and eggs. And she looks up at him and she says, honey, I knew you were going to mess this up. I told you to write that down. You forgot to bring me my toast. What? (laughs) And so tonight, I... um, I have a feeling that there's some things from the word of God that God would have us to to write down. Just maybe not physically on a piece of paper, but some things to remember from his word. And if we do, I have a feeling that it has the opportunity to revolutionize the way that we do life. Last week, Pastor, he mentioned it a while ago, opened up a series entitled Beyond the Doors 
uh, an incredible series, and it's going to be a lot of fun over the next few weeks, and I'm glad you're here tonight. And we're talking about things that along this Christian journey, that if we will tap into, that we will engage and start to put into practice in our everyday life, that once again, these principles have the, the propensity to change the way that we actually live life. Instead of going through the motions and doing the same thing time and time again, these principles have the propensity to revolutionize the way that we do life. And so last week, Pastor opened up and he he talked about the door of hospitality. And he showed us three things, if you remember. He showed us that hospitality is an atmosphere. He showed us that hospitality is an attitude. And he showed us that hospitality is an action. And we're kind of using this quote from the, the great collegiate wrestling coach, Dan Gable, when he said this. If this is important, do it every day. And if it's not, don't do it at all. And that quote would be applicable to the entire series that you're going to be hearing about over the next few weeks. And, and I believe the topic that we're talking about tonight, uh, I'm just going to throw it out there for you. We're going to be talking about the door of prayer. Beyond the door of prayer. And if you're honest with yourself, right, I, I think at least maybe for me, um, prayer can be kind of frustrating sometimes. Uh, I can make it more difficult than what it really needs to be. The Bible, in fact, would say this that we are to become like a child to enter the king's domain. And I think as adults, sometimes we, we frustrate it and we make, make this idea of prayer something that it's not really. And it's something that it becomes too much and we don't know exactly how to do it. And so we end up not doing it at all. And I tell you that to, to share this with you. Um, just about three weeks ago, I pray with my four-year-old son every night before he goes to bed. It's just what we do. I get the chance to put him to sleep every night. And uh, we pray, and I pray, and then he prays. He just, he was wanted to do it. So I said, sure, of course you can pray every night. He says, Daddy, can I pray after you? No, son, you can't. <laughs> of course, yes, pray. Well, so he started praying, and he started blowing my mind. I'll be honest with you. It started just, what in the world? And so one night I took my phone up there, and I recorded my four-year-old praying. And listen, this has nothing to do with my son. I'm not bragging on my son. But what I'm trying to tell you is it's not as difficult as how you and I make it. And I'm going I'm to play this prayer for you because I want you to hear it. But there's a part at the end where, you know, a lot of times he'll say some of the same stuff. And I'd, I've heard him pray it before. But there was a point when he said something that I'm like, man, I have no clue where this came from. And so I start giggling, he, and he looks over, my eyes are closed, you know, I'm listening, he doesn't know I'm recording him, and I start kind of laughing, because I just, it caught me so off guard, and so he starts laughing. So when you hear him laughing, you'll, you'll know what happened. But, but listen to this for just a second. Thank you, Jesus, for today, and thank you for letting us have a fun day today, and thank you for letting us have a really good day today. And thank you for letting us play with you and letting us protect us. And don't let us have bad dreams tonight. And let us have good dreams. And don't let us think about bad dreams because we don't like bad dreams. And thank you for my mommy and daddy and my friends and my cousins and my family to be leader among leaders. And thank you for... Everybody at 
it often to be good and let we us learn to you and don't let us have don't let us uh have a house i want we want we want to have a house and thank you for all the great things we have done and let our hearts be blessed and thank you for our have to wear clothes to wear, food to eat, a shirt to go to, a bed to sleep in, and a church to go to. We love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. I had never heard him say, and Lord, let our hearts be blessed. It caught me right off guard, and I, I couldn't hold it in, but... A lot of times we make this topic of prayer way more difficult than how God intended it to be for us. And so for just a few minutes tonight, I want to share a few things with you on the door of prayer. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to Luke, the 11th chapter, verse number 1. If you want to stand for the reading of the Word, I would greatly appreciate it. We love the Word of God. If you don't have your Bibles, you can follow along with us on the screens Say this, now it came to pass as he, speaking of Jesus, was praying. By the way, if Jesus felt the need to pray while he was on earth, it's probably a good idea that you and I feel the need to pray while we are walking this earth. But as it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, watch this, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples and so he said to them when you pray say our father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us and do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from the evil one you can be seated Notice he, it wasn't if you pray, when you pray. And tonight, for, for the next few minutes, maybe an hour, I don't know. No, I'm kidding. Definitely not an hour. If I'm up here for an hour, y'all start walking out, please, okay? And I'll know that's my time to shut up. For the next few minutes, listen, I want to talk to you really about um, two things concerning prayer. And number one, if you're taking notes, I want, to write, I want you to write this down. When it comes to prayer, here's the first thing that I want you to remember. That you and I need to take prayer seriously. We must take prayer seriously. We, we really don't have any other option. And the reason that we need to take prayer seriously is because we are in a battle. We're in a war and the one that we are fighting against is looking to kill us. Looking to, to harm our families, to, to bring us down, to not be everything that God is calling us to be. The Bible would say that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Trying to steal from you, kill you, and destroy your family. We have no option in this day and age but to take prayer seriously. Ephesians 6 and 12 would say this, For we, 
When he's saying we here, this is for believers, okay? This is not for some super spiritual set of people. You and I, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. I recently read a story of a pastor, this blew my mind, who, who pastors in Hawaii. Tough, I know. But he, he pastors multiple locations in, in Hawaii. They have multiple campuses throughout, all over the islands. And, and at one campus, they had done everything that they, they could literally think to do. And they could not grow the church past about 40 people or so. They, they had tried everything in their power. This was a, a pretty large church. And, and they just couldn't break the 40 people barrier. And, and so one day while the pastor was praying, he felt God speak to him very clearly. And he said, I, I want you to walk the entire island and pray. Um, Lord... I know it's an island, but it's still an island. We're not talking about like walk my house and pray. Walk walk the entire island and pray. Walk the entire island. Do you know how large this island is, Lord? I just, I want to make, I know you created all this, but... The island was 38 miles long and 10 miles wide. And God says, I want you to walk the entire island and I want you to pray over this island. And so the pastor gathered some key leaders of his church and they did exactly that. They walked the island. It took them several days. They prayed and they fasted along the way. And as they passed a particular place, they saw a grove of trees right off of the road. And the islanders actually call this... um, this group of trees, they call them poison wood trees. Because literally when birds would fly over these trees, they would die. There was no natural, no natural reason for it. There was not something that you could see that was causing these birds to die when they would fly over this group of trees. And so they just called them the poison wood trees. And the pastor said that he began to, to research and study this, this grove of trees, and he found something interesting. He found that way back in the day, at this exact spot, this grove of trees, there used to be idol worship. And they would literally sacrifice babies right here in that specific area. And so they walked the entire island and prayed, just like God had instructed them to do. And the pastor would go on to say that in just a few months... The church grew from 40 people to well over 400 people. And they did absolutely nothing different except for pray. Pray. But watch this. Here, here's what the pastor said. And this, blow, this is so powerful. He said, we need to take our prayer to another level. Watch this, because when we begin to understand that as we were planting churches in other locations, that we started fighting other principalities. Stay with me. Can I tell you tonight, church, that when you begin to move your families into unchartered waters... 
When you begin to move your business into a new area, when you begin to move your own life into a new spiritual region, so to speak, you will begin to face opposition. That's just the way it works. When you begin to move to another level spiritually, the enemy is going to come against you with everything that it has because its desire is to keep you here and not allow you to be everything that God is calling you to be. And when you do, when you do, this is not the time to throw in the towel and say, ah, you know what, maybe this was not the right move for me and my family to try to get things right. This is, you know what, this is not the time to take my job in this direction or this is not the time to try to increase spiritually and grow in my knowledge and my wisdom about the word of God. No, no sir, no ma'am. This is the time to walk into your prayer closet and to get a hold of the throne room of God like you have never done before in your life. It's not the time to quit. It's not the time to stop. This is the time to go ahead and get a hold of God and say, Lord, what are we going to do about this? I'm not giving up. I'm not going back. I've heard from you. It's time to pray. The word principality here literally means a prince over a specific region. A prince over a specific region. And the question is this. As we move spiritually into uncharted waters, into to new lands spiritually, the question is not why is the enemy attacking more right now? But the question is why are more of his attacks landing right now? Ephesians 6 goes on to say that if you, if you raise the shield of faith that you can quench every fiery dart that the enemy can throw at you. Can I tell you tonight, church, if you want to go personally to another level, if this church wants to go to another level, it's time for you and I to take our prayer to another level. If you want to see things changed in your life, it's time that you take your prayer life to a place that you've never been before. The enemy will never sit back as you try to take your families back. Or as you try to move your relationship into the right direction or move your business into those unchartered waters. He will come against us. But we don't need to be afraid. We don't need to be scared. We don't need to be intimidated. We just need to raise our level of prayer. Preaching real simple tonight. I know, prayer. But if I, I really believe if we get a hold of these principles in this series, that you're going to watch some things in your life begin to change. You're going to see the direction of that ship begin to change in the direction that you feel like God's calling you to if we will get a hold of some of these principles Daniel chapter 10. Let me, let me show you a principality here. Ephesians chapter 6, we just read it, is very clear in the fact that we are at war with principalities 
And remember, we said that a principality literally is referring to a, a, geog- a geographical region that a prince is ruling over. And so in Daniel chapter 10, well, let me give you a little history. Daniel is, is praying and fasting for 21 days. And then an angel brings his answer. And I want you to watch what an angel of God tells him in verse 12 and 13. Watch this. This is so, so strong. Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel. For from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. Your prayers were heard. And I have come because of your words. But watch this. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, who we know is an archangel, one of the chief prince, came for me. He came to my help to help you. For had I been left alone there with the king of Persia... This is one of the most amazing things that we will read in Scripture. Here, here's an angel from the throne of God telling Daniel, I was coming to you. I, I was moving in your direction. In fact, I was dispatched on the very first time that you prayed. I was on my way to you. But what was happening the whole time, for 21 days I was at war. And had it not been for the archangel coming to my rescue, I would have never made it to you. We're talking about principalities and powers. Verse 20 through 21 would say this. Then he said, do you know why I have come to you? And now I must return to fight with the prince of Persia. And when I have gone forth, indeed the prince of Greece will come. But I will tell you what is noted in the scripture of truth. Watch this. No one upholds me against these except Michael, your prince. In other words, what he's saying is, Daniel, Daniel, you've got a prince too, son. (laughs) There's some princes fighting against him, but you yourself have a prince as well. And the Bible says that the angels guard us up to keep us from even dashing our foot against the stone. Ladies and gentlemen, can I just go ahead and tell you tonight that you as well have a prince fighting on your behalf. And that would be the prince of peace. Come on. You're not alone in this battle. You're not alone in this war. You've got somebody standing with you. Whenever you call out his name, he is there at the mention of his name. Anybody ever needed the Prince of Peace to show up before? Anybody ever been in a situation where you called out and you felt a peace that you can't begin to explain? You're not alone. You're not alone in your situation, friend. But it's time to pray. Daniel didn't stop praying after the first day. He kept praying. This passage has given me such a fresh perspective on this this idea of principalities and powers and territorial spirits. And I want to show you another reference to to territorial spirits. Mark chapter 6, Jesus is casting out the demons of the Gadarene demoniac. And watch this, uh, chapter 5 of Mark, verse number 8. 
For he said to him, Come out of the man, unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is your name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. Also, he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. Think about it. Think about that last phrase for just a second. These demonic spirits are begging Jesus, saying, don't send us. And one, one version would say this, don't send us out of this region, or this area, or this country. Why? Because they had a stronghold in this area. And if you're paying attention, and now you'll start to notice that, that certain cities and certain areas, and even families have certain strongholds. That the enemy seems to have power over. And so, how do you tear down... Let's walk through this practically for a second. How do you tear down a principality? Watch this. This is what you do. You pray. And you walk in the opposite spirit. You pray... And you walk in the opposite spirit. Well, let me ask you tonight, what, what's got your family? Could it be pride and greed? What if we started praying and walking in humility and generosity? Come on, maybe it's not pride and greed. Maybe it's bitterness and unforgiveness. What if we, we prayed and we started walking in forgiveness and love and truth and grace? What would that look like for you? If you need to break a principality, break the stronghold that it has over your family, what if, what if yours and your family might be consumerism or, or life has become all about me? What if we prayed and we started walking in servanthood? And we started giving back in a way that makes us uncomfortable that we're not used to, but we say, God, whatever you want to do through me and in me, let me go ahead and do it. Go ahead and change me, God. You pray and you walk in the opposite spirit. Maybe, maybe everything in your world has become negative and, and everything is down and you've got a woe is me attitude going on and you can't seem to shake it. Well, what if you started praying and started celebrating the good things of God? What if you started noticing the things that God is doing in your life and you started giving Him glory and you started giving Him honor for the things that He has done instead of being frustrated and complaining about the things that aren't happening in your world. You pray and you start walking in the opposite spirit. So tonight, we must pray. We must pray. There's a war waging and the only way to fight this war is with prayer. So tonight, we've said, number one, take prayer seriously. Number two, if you're taking notes, write this down. Number two, don't take prayer too seriously. Trust me, I'm not contradicting myself here. I, I'm doing this to help us understand the truth behind the message. Not necessarily the sermon, but the truth within the message here. I, I'm not saying at all, don't take prayer seriously. Absolutely not. But here's what I am saying through this and through this second point. Is that I'm saying that once we pray, 
We should not be burdened and stressed out by that situation day after day after day. Once you pray, once you give it to God, we're not to be stressed out, we're not to be frustrated, we're not to be burdened, we're... Don't take prayer too seriously. A few months ago, just being transparent, I I went through a season in my life where really I I found myself not praying as much. Truthfully slacking in my, my prayer life. Perhaps you've been there, I don't know, it's easy for me to do if I'm, not, if I'm not focused about it. Things happen in life. I've got t-ball practice now. Jeez, I love it though. I'm one of those dads, I'm out on the field, let's go. But you're busy and things come up and it happened for me. I went through a season where I, I, just, I wasn't praying like I, I knew I needed to be But what's interesting, and I love this about the way that God works, because once you get back to that place, once you move back into that area spiritually where you know you need to be, I love the revelation that always seems to come once you get back to that place. And I realized that once I got back on track and kind of got got myself focused again, I, I realized that there were some things in my life and some situations that had just stressed me out that I'd been burdened with, that it had me frustrated. And here's what happens, I believe, a lot of times, is that we'll slack off in our prayer life and and we'll find ourselves in this season of not praying as much. Why? Here it is. Because there's some things in our life that when we pray about, causes us to think about. We're forced to bring these issues back up to the surface. And when we think about them again, what happens? We get stressed out, we get frustrated again, and it just, because out of sight, out of mind. You know, if I don't think about it, if I don't talk about it, it'll just go away. I'll just sweep it under the rug and never think about it again. And so a lot of times when we pray, we bring the most important aspects of our life. They rise to the surface, and if we don't pray about that, then we don't have to think about that. And so our prayer life begins to suffer I want you to understand this about prayer tonight. God did not create prayer to put stress on us. He created prayer to take stress and burdens off of us. He didn't create the idea of prayer and communication with Him to frustrate you and to make you mad. No, no, no. He created prayer to relieve you of the stress and the frustration and the burdens that life has put on you. That's the reason he created prayer. And so uh, we're not to be anxious. We're not to be fearful. There's some things in life that we need to give to God. Philippians 4 and 6 would say this. Be anxious for nothing but in everything, nothing in everything. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Don't be anxious about anything, but pray about everything. In essence, God is saying that anxiety, could it be that anxiety is the opposite of prayer? 
Don't be anxious. Pray. Could it be that if you're struggling with anxiety and fear and stress and worry in your life, that you're not praying as much as you need to be praying? Why? Because prayer takes care of anxiety. It's time to pray. 1 Peter 5 and 7 would say this, Casting all of your cares upon Him, for He cares for you. The word cast is speaking here to to put the responsibility for something into someone else's hands. So when you pray, you're passing that responsibility and, and you no longer need to worry about it because it's not your responsibility any longer. What is prayer? Watch this. If you're taking notes, write this down. Prayer is transferring the burden. Prayer is transferring the burden. Maybe I found myself in this boat before, but but could it be that when we go into our prayer closet or wherever it is that you find yourself in prayer driving down the road and you pray and you... You get done praying and you're just, you're still as frustrated and anxious and upset about that burden. You're still as stressed out about the situation as you were before you, you went to prayer. I have a feeling that it's more the fact that I griped instead of prayed. God, why didn't you just do, you know, God, you know what I need. I don't know. Maybe not. Watch this. You and I are only designed to carry our burdens to the feet of Jesus. We're not designed to carry our burdens past the feet of Jesus. We are designed to carry our frustrations solely to the feet. That's how he he created us. And here's what we do with our burdens, right? Okay, God got my burdens right here. Woo, see them? There's your feet. You got this? All right. I trust you, God. I trust your timing. You know what's best for me, God. They're right there, Lord. Seriously, right at your toes. Just if you look down. Just they're right there. Big. You can't, you can't miss my burdens. Woo. Right there. God, I tr- uh, you, not, you know what's best for me. Hallelujah. Woo! Thank you, God. Thank you. Well, if you're just going to stand there, then I'll just pick them up. Just, if you're not going to do anything about it, I'll take care of it myself. And we pick up the burden that we laid down and we try to carry it. And God's saying, listen, you're not designed to carry your burdens anywhere except to my feet. If you need a breakthrough, bring your burdens to my feet and watch me sustain you. I've had plenty of conversations, and you have too, I'm sure, with people. And they're just they're telling you just about how life is, and life is terrible. In some situations, it really is. I'm not making light of that. And so our, sometimes our response is, well, have you given it to God? And their response is, yeah, many times. Many times, huh? 
Put it down, take it back. Put it down, take it back. Put it down, take it back. We're not designed that way. God's created us to take our frustrations and our burdens and our stress and lay them at His feet. Randy, if you'll help me. Trust me, I'm not saying that we're supposed to stop praying. We're not, we're not supposed to stop praying the first time after we pray for something. That, that's not what I'm saying at all. We, we just talked about Daniel and how he prayed for 21 days. But we're supposed to pray without ceasing as the scripture would instruct us. But we're not to carry the burden Amen. after we pray. Psalm 55 and 22 would say this. Cast your burden on the Lord, watch. And he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. If you'll do this, cast your burdens on the Lord. He will sustain you. Let me translate this this passage for you. The Lord will sustain you and not allow you to be moved by the, the situations of your life only if you give him your burdens. Anybody need to be sustained tonight? Come on, it's time we lay our our burdens at the feet of Jesus. The Lord sustains us when we cast our burdens on Him. Let me wrap this up for you tonight. And I want to do that by showing you how we can take this principle of prayer seriously, but not take it too seriously at the same time. Remember we talked in Ephesians chapter 6, we said that for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers. Principalities and powers. And so here's why we need to take it seriously, but we don't need to get too stressed out about it. Because we wrestle against principalities and powers. Colossians 2 and 9 says this, for in him... Speaking of Christ Jesus, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Verse number 10. And you are complete in Him. Who is what? Who is the head of all principality and power. The reason we need to take prayer seriously is because we are fighting The enemy who is trying to to kill us and destroy us and to pull our families apart. But the reason we don't need to stress out about it is because Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. He's the head of all principalities. He's the head of every power. He's not the head of just a few principalities and powers. That's not what the scripture says. He's the head of all principalities and powers. Not just the head of what this family is dealing with. And he's not the head of yours. No, no, no. He is the head of every stronghold that has a hold on your family. Over your marriage. Over your children. He is over and above it all.
as we close tonight, if you would stand with me. Here's what I want us to do. I would be in the wrong to preach about prayer and not give us the opportunity to pray. The truth of the matter is, we all need prayer. We can't make it without prayer, without communication with our Heavenly Father. And Pastor Randy and and the team, they're going to sing another song here. And here's what I want us to do. As they sing, I want every head bowed, every eye closed. But if you're in the house tonight, listen, and you've got a situation in your life, our pastors are coming down to the front, our prayer partners are making their way down here as well. If you've got a situation that you say, you know what? The only thing that can help my situation is prayer. We want to pray with you tonight. Not because we're great, absolutely not, but because the God that we're praying to, the God that we believe in, has the power to change your situation in an instant. Listen, if you've got an issue, if you've got a stress, if you've got some anxiety and some worry, that you have a tendency to just keep picking back up and, and putting it back down and picking it back up and putting it back down again. Listen, tonight can be the last time that you lay it at the feet of Jesus and say, Lord, I trust you wholeheartedly and completely. And I'll never pick it up again because I know you will sustain me if I cast my cares and my burdens on you. And as we sing, listen, I would appreciate it if if you didn't leave. I I would appreciate it if you would worship with us because you may be here next week or maybe you were here last week. But I want to create an atmosphere for God to continue to transform and change people's lives in this moment. So as we sing, if that's you, I want you to begin to move out from your seat, begin to make your way down to the front. And listen, if you're still in your chairs... And that concludes today's message. Please visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, to register for an upcoming event, or to support the Christian Life Ministry through our online giving portal. Thank you for listening.